you're in good company. If you're trying to, if you're feeling doubts, I mean, you're in really good company. I mean, like, like humanity is your company, you know, every human being, like everybody, we all go through this. And like, there are stories of old that talk about this thing over and over and over again through it's never not been here in humanity. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right, everybody. Welcome to another podcast. Brandon, Evan, that's us talking about stuff. All right. Well, so... This was a, this is a good one, Evan. I actually think this is one that a lot of people will relate to. It's called owning our doubts. And, you know, I, I think whenever you push yourself in life, whenever you try to go for something meaningful or important to you, doubt is going to come up there at some point, in some way, you're going to have to face it. And in some ways I would say like our doubts are our demons, you know, they're the things that we really got to face and overcome. And I think that when you don't push yourself in life, if you if you have no doubts and you experience no demons, it's it's really because you're not pushing yourself and you're not testing yourself and you're not getting out of a comfort zone. And anytime that any of us try to push ourselves out of our comfort zones, naturally doubt is going to start to rear its head somewhere in some form in in often unexpected ways. And I I have come to find that these things exist under the radar a lot of the time because they're not pressed they're not pushed on and then we push on them and they come up and we can either face them and deal with them own them in in what we're going to try to get into today or we can run from them and avoid them and i know for myself i mean i've done all of that including run <laughs> run far more than i'd like to admit and I think the problem was when you run or you hide it or you distract yourself from it, there's another cost for that that comes down the road later and it sucks. And so, you know, maybe you can keep the, maybe you can keep it up for a while. Maybe you can keep it up indefinitely. I don't, I don't really know. For me, I always find that I eventually have to face it and I might run from it again. I might run from it again and again and again, but it, it just keeps coming up and I have to confront it somewhere in some form somehow. And so, you know, I think one of the powerful things about what we're going to try to uncover and discuss today is just how do you own it, deal with it, confront it, not let it dominate or rule you or stop you from doing what you want and not you get you to run away from things that maybe are important. So, if that relates to you and you're on the other end of this listening to it, I hope you tune in because I think we're going to explore some pretty cool stuff. That's what I'm looking forward to. What are your thoughts, Evan? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I feel like you set the table very nicely uh, for this one. So, I mean, I think that, as you said, anything that really has a, a feeling of being important you know, or of personal meaning in our lives usually comes with it um, feelings of doubt. Not always, but usually, you know, I, I think there, there are moments that 
many of us can look at in our lives where, you know, where we have just complete clarity around something like I have no doubts about this and this is what I'm doing and da, 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 da. But, um, I think that, you know, those are, are checkered very, very much with, with the moments of, of a large degree of uncertainty, um, and, and of questioning, uh, ourselves. And I think that for me, part of the importance of this conversation is that, you know, there's this, there's this dichotomy, I think that we, that most of us live with, which is this inner world that we are living with that is full of these, these doubts. Um, and a word that we, you know, we didn't use this in the title, but you know, it was one that did come up, which is, uh, you know, feeling like a fraud, right? Feeling like there's just something dishonest about this thing that you're doing, um, this thing that you're pursuing. And if people only knew what was really going on, inside of you if people only knew how scared you were if people only knew how many times you've run away if people only knew how many times you've been a coward you know um well nobody would listen to me nobody would accept me nobody would accept this thing that i'm doing right and maybe you are in a position where you are getting to do that thing and that can make that that feeling even that that can just add fuel to that fire of of that thing where it doesn't actually give you more certainty the fact that you're doing it can actually give you less because now there's this thing that this image that you're you're having to hold up to everybody in terms of like okay I am this person I uh you know and 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 I'm I'm the one who does this thing and whatever da 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 da, da. but you're still the one who's living with yourself through every thought, every feeling about what you're doing. And it can just make that, that feeling even stronger. Uh, so how do we, how do we deal with that? How do we manage that? And, um, and, uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, how do we own, own those feelings of, of doubt, uncertainty, um, especially when it comes to a pursuit of something that's meaningful and important, right? Like it's one of those things that, that seems to just come with it. Uh, it's one of those prices that you have to pay, I suppose, in, in, in the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, to what comes out of this to, to, you know, hopefully we can stumble across, uh, something useful and helpful. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, uh, you know, there's, I think one of the, something that comes up for me early on in this is that I think it's important for people to like accept that you do have something to contribute. Like, I think that's mm -hmm. an important thing to, to first, you, you have to r recognize that you do have something to contribute. Like I know the world is, is much larger than a small tribe. Um, so it can feel like you're nothing in the mix of all the people out there in the world. And we are also connected in a strange way where we're getting in, in a way we're getting access to people that are incredibly 
good at certain things that most people would have never had access to before. So the best of everything, we have access to that in a way where we might not know that person, but we could watch them on YouTube or some social media outlet and we could see them do it and be like, wow, they're like that good. And, you know, I thought I was good and like, this just puts me to shame, you know? And so then it can become this whole thing of like, well, I'm like, I'm not near that. And I don't know if I ever could be that. So like, why even bother? You know, there's like mm-hmm. that kind of part of it. Um, but, you know, every person has something to offer and they have something to contribute and something to give. And I think where doubt has challenged me the most is when I'm not focused on what I am trying to give, but I'm focused on who I need to be. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle with doubt because we think, oh, well, I need to be this thing or I need to whatever. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't have to be that. What you need to focus on is what you can do, what you can give, what you could contribute essentially. And, you know, maybe I can, I don't know, I can share this from, this is a struggle. Like this comes up for me all the time, like even today, but something that I had to learn early on in in sports was like, I really wanted to be the star player. And I did have seasons where I was the star in certain teams, but like, and even in certain leagues. But the thing is, is that um, I also played for teams where I was not anything even close to that, where I was like a bench warmer and I got, you know, only like 15 minutes of playtime, you know, in like a, in a full game or something, right? Like, like nothing. And I, and I had to try to do something with that limited time that I had. And, um, you know, and, and it, instead of like being the star player, it became, okay, how can I can contribute? How can I help us win? How can I make an impact on this game in a way that's positive based on what I can do and what, what I'm capable of. And, you know, on one team that I played on, we had a star, like we had a guy and he was the leading goal scorer in the entire, in the entire league on our team. Like this, this kid was like a prodigy. Right. And it's like every team in the entire league, like talked about him. He was like, you know, he was the star of our age group. Right. And, and, uh, for me, I wanted to be that, but I wasn't that. And I couldn't do what he could do. He could shoot the ball in a way I couldn't shoot the ball. He had a knowledge of the game I didn't have a knowledge about. He had a support system with his family that I didn't have. Everything that I that he had, I just didn't have. And I had to start to come to grips with that. So what I started to look at was like, how do I get him the ball? Because <laughs> if I get him the ball, we're probably going to score, right? And so then it becomes about it becomes about how do I facilitate the star? And, and, you know, there's a humility in all of this, right? It's like, wait a minute, this, this puts a lot of less pressure on me. What I need to do is I need to make it easy for him to do his job. And you know what happened, Evan? I ended up becoming a really good player. And the next year I, I got cut from that team. So I, I, you know, truthfully, my experience level was not really adding up to the level of that team. Right. And this was a provincial winning team and, you know, and I was relatively new and, and whatever, but I did play well on that team. And the next team I went to, I ended up becoming the captain of that team, which was, a, was, was an expansion team, but they were looking for, there was opportunity. 
And I became a captain because I became someone who thought about the team more than I thought about myself. And I think that when you're in a place of doubt, you're often thinking a lot about yourself and you're not thinking about how you can contribute to everybody else because really you can find like that a lot of people out there, they can, if you help them, they will help you look good without even trying to help you look good. They just will in turn because they'll be grateful for how much you give to them. So, you know, I, that's something that kind of comes up for me right now. And I'm, I'm kind of being reminded of these little lessons that I learned when I was younger, mm-hmm. where it's really hard to like, want to be the star and know that you just kind of aren't able to. And so if you find yourself in that position, I think that the, the really a much better approach is just go, okay, well, where can I can contribute? Because if that's not what I can do right now, and I'm just saying yet and right now, but if that's not what you can do right now or yet, how could you contribute? What could you do to facilitate something good in the world that maybe only you can do? And maybe that's what being a star actually is in a way. Yeah, it's it's shifting it to a perspective how you can be the star of, of your role. Yeah, right. totally. As a, you know, as opposed to trying to be the star of somebody else's role. And I think that that's a trap that so many of us fall into, you know, probably many, many times throughout our lives. Like, I think that so many of us, we're looking, we're looking for someone to give us answers to things. We're looking for someone to give us the keys and the tools and the stuff like that. And hey, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there's people who listen to this podcast who are kind of looking for that. And, and, and I always hope that what we're, we're, the message that we're saying through this show is, is really of one where it's like, well, you know, we, we can't tell you, we can't tell you what these things are, but, you know, we can talk about some of these, we can talk about some of these things. We can talk about some of these challenges that we all face, like, like the one that we're talking about now. And so, yeah, I think that Where you know your story illustrates that this this feeling that I think a lot of us have, which is like, oh, you got to be the star, you know, like you're not, like you're only, you know, just just really check in with yourself. It how how often do you feel like, unless you are the sort of quote unquote star of whatever it is that you do, whatever it is, the field that you're in, that basically it's it's not worthwhile that that basically it's it's you know like what's the point you know like it's either you know we kind of have this all or nothing attitude um in our culture and in in our society and it's complete it's complete nonsense like who would like who would pay to go and just watch that star player who was on your team just out on a field all by themselves <laughs> No one's going to pay to watch that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it would, you know, that, that is the thing about, I mean, that's the thing about sport, right? It's, it's, it's the competition of it all. It's the, it is the, you know, the everything coming together. But I think this is something we miss out on a lot when it comes to doubt. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like for everybody else. Let me put it that way. But I do think that there is a certain amount of we think we're alone more than more than we should. We don't recognize that there are a lot of people out there who can use our help that want to help us that are willing to work together that would be grateful to work together that would be thankful if you help them or shared with them something or you know contributed something and so you know i think sometimes we don't realize that we might not be we might not be the best of the best at something but you know, it still helps to be able to contribute. It still helps to be able to to give something. And one one of, one of the things that I I've just you know had to work through in my whole life is like this whole thing of not being good enough has been a struggle because I think in some ways I was looking at being good enough as like being somebody, and it's been a lesson that I've had to kind of repeat and work through and wrestle with but recognizing that most of my value actually just comes from where I can contribute. And I don't have to be anything. Like I literally just have to figure out how I can add value and contribute. And if I can just do that, so much more good will come of it. And, And even if I think I'm a big deal, what do I know? You know what I mean? Like who, who, what, what is that? You know what I mean? Like what matters is that, People feel like when I'm around, their lives are better, you know? And I I think that there is a certain amount of like, we just want to be happy. Like each, each and every of us just want to be happy. And a lot of the time we spend a lot of time just thinking about how do I make myself happy? I do think that is, I think that's common. I don't think I'm on my own by saying that. Because I think if you're sitting around like watching some bad TV or you know, doing something that, you know, is not good for you or anybody else, but you're just probably trying to feel good for you. You don't care that it might not be helping anyone else. You're just trying to feel good. I think a lot of people do this, right? And I don't think I'm alone in saying that we all try to find ways to just be happy in life, but the happiest I've ever been is when I got to see the impacts, the effects, and the return from helping someone else by making someone else happy by, by giving or contributing something. And I think it's almost strange in this moment, as I'm thinking about this, why I don't focus on that as my go-to to be happy myself. Like why sometimes I run to something that is totally just self-serving and just contributes really nothing to anybody. And, but I think we all do this. And I think, unfortunately, when we put time into stuff that, is just a distraction. It maybe numbs it for a period of time, but you end up not really getting that enhanced kind of sense of value that you get from the feeling of after you've contributed, after you've put some effort in and like built something or helped someone or seen those good results, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not always going to see the results of what you do either. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you just get in the habit of giving and contributing not because of any other reason than you believe it's good to do. Because if you're doing it to get something, you're going to start to quickly feel like you're taken advantage of. And I think that's problematic as well. I'm just Mm -hmm. going to throw that in there. That's important. (laughs) Cause I, cause I think that, you know, um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, if it's, if you're giving to get, 
I don't know if you're giving too much, but if you're giving because you believe in the goodness of contribution and giving, then you're going to find that I, I personally have found, I'll say this, I personally have found that if I give from that place, it comes back to me in ways I never even knew would come back to me at times when I least expect it in ways that I don't expect it. And, and there is a, there is a buildup that's occurring out there in the, in the ether of the world with people that I didn't even know was happening a lot of the time. So it's, it's really, I think uh, like owning our doubts, I think is a lot to do with owning the fact that we feel disconnected from the world more than we should. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And what you were saying about why don't we approach things more from a focusing on the thing that we're giving. And to me, the funny thing is just like, well, doubt, (laughs) (laughs) right? We, (laughs) we doubt that we doubt that, that, that we can trust that, you know, we doubt that we can trust that, that, through taking the focus off of ourselves um, that it's somehow going to take care of us. You know what I mean? That somehow that's going to take care of us. It's it for, I think for most of it, most of us, that's a very, um, you know, almost a romantic sentiment for most of us that we're like, Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But you know, we're, we more so think of that in a in a fairly superficial context it's not a, a living reality in our lives you know like it's something that we'd all like to to we we would all like <laughs> but something that we don't really practice to mm-hmm. to a large degree but i mean it's interesting cuz like you know what you're saying so much you know like in in terms of what I teach with, you know, Meisner to students, like it's, it's exactly the print that, that very principle, right? Like the first thing that I teach people with, with Meisner or anyone who's with a good Meisner teacher, you know, is, is you teach the actors, put your attention over there, mm-hmm. put the, put the attention on your partner, take the attention off of yourself. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and it, and it, and it, you know, the, what I love about the work is obviously that it gives a way of, of, of doing that. Like, how do you actually do that? How do you actually practice that? But one of the remarkable things that anyone who's studies Meisner for, for a decent amount of time to have this experience is you start to realize that like, Oh, when I put my attention over on that other person, uh, my acting gets better. My like because I'm not thinking about all of these weird little things, you know. Like w- one of the consummate sort of jokes of like young actors or new actors is like, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands, or they forget how to how to walk from one location to the other. Because and that's that's one of those just that just nails nails the nails it in that your attention is on yourself. Yeah. Right. Like. There's no, there's no reason why you would not know what to do with your hands or forget how to walk like a human being other than your attention is so on yourself. You're so self-conscious that you don't even know how to walk anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and that's not an uncommon thing to have happen. So that, that's, 
but it goes further than that. You know, like actors have their attention so much on their on themselves. Like, oh, am I am I getting to this emotional place? Am I having you know an impact? Are people finding me interesting? Are people you know all of this attention on yourself? And when you free yourself from that, and suddenly it's just you're just in a completely different state of being and um and your acting goes to a phenomenal different level so any actors out there you know lesson number one put the attention over there put the attention on 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 your partner um and amazing things will happen my teacher used to always say you know like your your partner will take you to places you've never even dreamed of Mm -hmm. right and a beautiful and a beautiful thing happens when uh when you have two actors working together who are, who are meeting each other at that level, you know, of of placing, placing their trust in the other person, because it's, you're just like, you just keep elevating each other over and over and over and over again throughout, throughout a scene, throughout a a play throughout, you know, it's just, and it's an extraordinary um, thing, but it only happens by taking the attention off of yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I've been, uh, actually, I'm just thinking about something cause I've been writing this Well, I've been rewriting a, a blog I wrote years ago. And, um, anyway, as I'm working through it, I'm kind of like, part of it is helping filmmakers to work with actors. That's a part of this particular article. And there's basically this whole thing of like a lot of filmmakers they're worried like or or people let's just say not even filmmakers people who want to make a film right they don't even consider themselves filmmakers they're just like i'm i want to make a film and you know i'm scared to do it and blah 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 so this article is more tailored towards people who are trying to do this thing where they you know it's an investment it's it's a it's a risk and anyway so i'm i'm working with um in this part of the article about like well how to deal with actors and and like like one of the reasons why your movie is not going to work is bad acting. Right. And so how do you deal with that as a filmmaker and whether that you're the actual director or producer or whatever, you know, how do you, how do you deal with this challenge? Right. And I cover several challenges in this article, but one of them is about acting. And so, um, something that it's interesting to talk to directors about acting because a lot of them, a lot of producers and a lot of filmmakers, they have no experience in the acting world. And so like an actor is like this foreign thing to them. Like they don't even understand it at all. And I forget this because I was in acting for so much of my life that I so intimately understand the process of acting and what it's like and the challenges we all deal with. So something that I've been, uh, that I've been trying to direct their attention towards is like, okay, well, you know, if, if the actor, like the actor, let's say the actor schmacting, like we call it schmacting, right? Like they're putting yeah. something on, they're doing those little extras there. You know, it doesn't seem real. Um, encourage them, like remind them that you cast them because you think that they could do the role. Remind them that they don't have to be anything other than what they are. Like remind them that they don't have to put it on, that you cast them because you felt that they could do it and just get them to say the line. Just get them to 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 just be. And it, this actually, what you're talking about, put your attention onto the other person. That could be a great note for a director too. It's like, 
get your actor to put their attention off of themselves and out out here. Just get them to do that. You know, and 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 something that I want to try to approach uh, helping filmmakers do is I do want to I do want to bring the art of directing and acting relationships to to more to the forefront in modern cinema because I do feel that modern cinema has come to a point where we rely so much on just getting the day done and we rely so much on visual effects and camera movements and things like that and from a from a directing point of view or from a film production like producer point of view you're always trying to like get production value and you're always trying to make it worth something and you're always trying to you're trying to look good at your job but if you help your actors succeed they will help you in an incredibly profound way and this is where i think like the interesting thing about this this talk is kind of coming up for me is like yeah like when you help other people do their job better it actually looks good on you and so finding ways to help someone is going oh i got a bad actor it's like no it's not necessarily that they're a bad actor it's just that maybe they're insecure maybe something's going on here maybe they think they're trying to impress you or they think they need to do more to do the role you can you know the easy i mean and it's not so easy but sometimes you know maybe you just fire them and recast but another solution might be that you try to understand their process and you try to help them bring the performance to life by getting them to not have their attention on themselves and to put it outward to put it onto you know put it on your breath like just breathe cuz like one thing that i found i know i'm kind of talking about a bunch of random stuff here and, and seemingly in a way but like i used to struggle a lot with emotion as an actor early on in my career and one thing i learned later was that a lot of times the emotional well is all available if you're just relaxed and so yeah. you know one one thing that can really help an actor is just say listen just breathe just breathe cuz that gets you in touch with your body and then you just breathe cuz you're you know and you're not so tight and then breathe and put your attention outward and those two things alone can take an actor who's seemingly so inexperienced and just like so nervous and whatever and it can I've seen it. It can make them into like do performances that like just capture you. And it's just like I think a lot of the time we just get disconnected from the very fundamental basics of not having our not being relaxed and not having our attention outward. And it's kind of an acting lesson, but it really relates to everything. Put your attention outward. What am I doing? What are they doing? Like, like not what am I doing, but like, how is that happening out here? You know, what's mm -hmm. happening out here? And if I do something, what impact does it have out here? Not, not what impact does it have on me? And when you relax, you start to find that emotion in you pops up because you're not thinking about what you're feeling. You're thinking about what's happening out there. And then all of a sudden you get impacted by that, you know, and it's, um, you know, I do love, I do love Meisner for that reason, because in my um, experience of it, I have found that it got me out of my head and it got me to not think so much about me, which, and I've seen what you're talking about too. Like um, these, like it takes you to places that you never imagined. It's so true. It's, it's, and it's, and it's 
quite frightening actually (laughs) (laughs) it can be quite frightening because you're like all of a sudden you're like whoa i'm in some weird place here this is wild what do we do yeah well yeah because it's like yeah it it can be a it can be an either terrifying or an exhilarating thing um is i think it depends on 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 what what the thing is that comes up sure um like usually it's an emotion right but it's so funny because it's like I, I get such a kick out of it because when an actor has that experience and they sometimes get freaked out by it, it's like, why? Because you had a genuine emotion that r- arose spontaneously to you in the moment. Isn't that what you want? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but it's like, I didn't have control over it. Like it wasn't something that I controlled. It's like, it just happened. And it's like, yeah, that's uh, isn't that great? <laughs> isn't that what, isn't that w- what, what, we're striving for anyhow but no, i mean um, i i hear you man i mean let me just say this like when i did your workshop um as an actor that was a great experience man i really i like i i couldn't recommend it enough to to actors like to do to do your workshop your meisner workshop is great because for me I, I remember doing a scene and like i got angry at this one point and it freaked me out like i got i got genuinely legitimately like bubbling boiling rage and and i was okay like i know i wasn't gonna lose control and like do something rash or bad or damaging but like it was frightening to tap into that emotion because it's not a i don't generally feel that yeah and something triggered it and then all of a sudden i'm in the middle of the scene and it's like well you got to just walk with this now (laughs) yeah okay this is weird because like all my control mechanisms, anything that I try to do to like keep an even keel or protect myself, you know, those had to just kind of go down. And, but that's exciting. It's, it was both exciting, exhilarating, but also frightening at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and there is a, there is a sense of like, you know, I do think that like, and maybe this is a talk we can have another day, but this whole line of, finding that fine line between where you feel in control and out of control almost at the same time, Mm. which is what I find that's where acting really blossoms the most. That's where a lot of things really blossom. It's in that, like even relationships, loving relationships, friendships, where you can live in that world of like, man, we're right on that precipice of like just out of control, but just in control at the same time. And it's so, to me, that's such a great place to be. But at the same time, it's not always comfortable. It's, but it, you're so alive in those moments, you know, mm-hmm. where you just, it's like, um, well, I'll even give another reference. It's like when you're first dating and, you know, and you like, I don't know if they like me. I don't know if this is going to be okay. I want to kiss them. If I kiss them, what's going to happen? And then maybe you go for it. And then you just, you know, in those moments, you remember them forever because they're so emotionally like powerful and potent because you really, you don't know what's going to like, what's going to be, what's going to happen, you know? And like, and one thing I'll just say this, Evan, one thing I'm, I'm really trying to encourage myself of in this stage of my life is to encourage myself to trust that when I find myself in these places, which I obviously like to be in to some degree, that I will be okay when things are 
like that, that I will respond appropriately as needed. Not that I know how that's going to be, but I will be okay. I will, I will sort it out. Like when I get to that moment, I'll cross that bridge when I get to that bridge and, and it'll be okay. And I think that's a really important, like creative lesson to learn in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, cause when you're, when your attention is off of yourself, so like trying to bring this back around, like full circle, you don't have time when you, when you really take the, completely the attention off yourself and, and onto someone else or onto the thing that, that you're doing or how you can, how you're able to help another person. You don't have for time or energy being exhausted in thinking about doubts. So that's just one aspect of it. So there's no, you don't really leave much room for that to enter. Right. Um, so like in one of the things that you said is like, you know, working with an actor, right. And maybe like, they're just, they're not quite getting the performance that, that you want. Now, there are a few things that there, you know, two general things, as I can see it, that you can go with that. One is that you can freak out and you can be like, oh my God, they're going to give a bad performance. My movie's going to like have this terrible performance in it that it, and you just retreat. And then anything that you direct out of there is going to come out of fear. Right. Or you can look at the other, you can look at that actor and you can see like, okay, what do they, what do they need help with to get to where they want to get to in the performance and, and to where we all want to get to um, with this thing, taking that, that focus over there. And now it's an, you're in an active place. You're in an active creative place, right? Instead of like a fearful retreating kind of place or defending kind of a place, you know, which isn't a particularly great place to create from. Uh, so there's, um, there's that aspect of it. Um, I don't know. I think there was an, one other thing, but whatever. We'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> so uh, one thing that I just wanted to like kind of come back to uh, in this whole thing of like, okay, owning our doubts, because I think that we've talked a little bit about, okay, well, here's some ways in which you can just, you know, quiet the doubts here are some ways in which you can not let your doubts take the center hmm. stage right but in terms of how do we own our doubts right i think that that there's a slightly different there's a slightly different quality to that um and i'd like to start something off with we can acknowledge that for most people, we are all living with that. Most human beings are living with their own doubts in what they're doing, whatever their skill level is in, in what they're doing. And I think that just in that, at least for myself, you know, no matter how um, polished, <laughs> you know, another person looks and comparison is definitely a way in which you can fill yourself with doubts. Um, but no matter how polished and, and presented uh, someone seems that you maybe look up to, admire, uh, know that they are filled with 
so many doubts and so many questions that um, never necessarily ever completely go away, right? But that doesn't mean that you don't get to do the thing that you want to do. That doesn't mean that, that you don't have something to give, something to offer. It just means that, yeah, that's, that's just something that, that you live with. That's mm-hmm. just something that, um, that comes along for the ride every now and then. Like even for myself, when I'm, when I'm teaching, like I'm usually full of, of doubts before every single class, you know, it's like, can I teach this? Are people getting anything from this? You know, and and sometimes classes go great, and uh, and other times, you know, classes have challenges, and and especially in the challenging ones, you know, can really emphasize those things. Um, but knowing that that ev- this is something that everyone deals with, that no one is immune from this thing, and in fact, I I think that if someone didn't didn't feel any sort of doubts or concern over what they were doing. It either doesn't mean very much to them or they're probably some kind of sociopathic or, (laughs) you know, I don't know, but, um, those are, those are just some of my, my general thoughts in, in terms of, of owning. Yeah. Our doubts. I know. I, 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 I actually really like where you're leading this because I, I think that's a, that's a really important part of this to acknowledge. Hey everybody, this is Evan and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. That you're in good company if you're trying to, if you're feeling doubts. I mean, you're in really good company. I mean, like, like humanity is your company, you know, every human being, like everybody, we all go through this. And like, there are stories of old that talk about this thing over and over and over again through it's never not been here in humanity. The reluctant hero, the reluctant hero. Yeah. And, and just like, if you look back in history and you, and you, you find out about how most people did what I think they did, which might've been great that guaranteed they had doubts and fears. They didn't just show up and they were like, oh yeah, I got this. No problem. You know? And, and, you know, there's this silly little sayings and stuff, but they're kind of true. Like without great risk, there's no reward, you know, like great risk, great reward, that type of thing. And it's, um, you know, what's the risk, right? <laughs> like if there is no risk, if there is no potential for failure, right? Of course you're not going to feel doubt, but some people, some people, they maybe they, they, they pretend, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going after what I want, but they're not really going after what, because they're not really taking any risks and they're, they're never, they're never really going after what they really want. They're going after what they believe they can get without potential failure. 
but then there's what you really want, you know? And, um, well, you know, I, like, I remember we had a guy in the podcast. This is funny. I'm just, I just reminded of this. I remember we had a guy on the podcast. He said, well, you know, we never really date our dream girl. And I said, well, that's not true. I have. He's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I have. I've dated the girl that I never thought in a million years would ever look twice at me. And I've done it more than once. And the reason why I've done it is because I decided, and I'm not saying that it was that she was the perfect girl, obviously not necessarily, but in my mind at the time, my evaluation at the time of what I thought I I was and what she was, I had her on this pedestal. You know what I mean? And by going after what I thought was way out of my league, which was just something that I'm just, it's almost laughable for me to even try. I realized that everybody's human. Like she, she's human. I'm human. Like this whole perception I had that like something was not unattainable. Like I'm not allowed to have it. Like somehow I'm not good enough for it was all just made up in my head. And I realized that everybody has fears and doubts and things. And, you know, and like, you know, sometimes the things you want, like, it's not going to work out. It's just, you know, there is that chance, of course, like maybe even more than sometimes, maybe most of the time. But when you, when you realize that you can do something you never thought you could do before, it breaks something inside of you in a good way. It breaks this kind of cell you live in. And I think like when we talk, when we're talking about these doubts, like owning your doubts, something I'm kind of coming to light to about right now is just that it's owning the fact that you're keeping yourself in this limit. It's like you're doing it. It's not real. You don't know if it's real because you haven't tested it. And if you've tested it, if you've gone out like a hundred times to try to do the thing you want and out of a hundred times, it's still not working. Well, you set the limit at a hundred times, first of all. So that's your, that's your first issue. But if you go out that many times and you try and nothing works out for you, then maybe you can start to go, okay, like maybe there's something, maybe there's some limit here, but like most of us haven't even tested this shit. And then we're, 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 we're daring to say, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Who am I? You haven't even tried. You haven't even tested it. You haven't even gone out. Um, you know, I found, I found a lot of the time the things I wanted were way more available than I realized. And people were way more willing to open up to me and, and um, share with me than I ever realized. I can tell you countless stories of how this is, this happens. And it's, it's so funny because no matter how many times I've done this, I still find myself in the same place around other issues where I doubt again. And I'm like, oh no, but that's not possible. This was possible, but that's not possible. You know what I mean? And like, I think this is just a human struggle. I think we just, we, we're all doing this all the time. And what we need is encouragement to just push ourselves out of that mindset of like, and and we need someone to challenge us or we need to challenge ourselves and just say like, you don't know if that is true. This doubt you have, you don't know it's true, you know? And, and, and 
you need to own the fact that you don't know it's true, that you're, that you are deciding it's true without having the data, the experience, the test you've never, you've never gone out and tried. And if you go out and try, and here, here's one last thing I'll say about this, Evan, if you go out and try and it still doesn't work out, that still doesn't necessarily mean you have proof. You need to look at it and go, okay, well, what did I do wrong in the way that I went about this? Because really everything is accessible to you, but maybe there's some things, there's some prerequisites that you need to do to make it work for you. Like maybe you don't just get to show up and say like, I want this and you get to have it. Maybe you go out and you get it and you get feedback. Hey, you know, you can't have this or it's not, not for you. And you have to look at it and go, okay, well, what do I need to make it acceptable for me? Do you need, do you need more money, more contacts, more friends, more something? Do you need to build something? Do you need to do something? Do you need to get experience, you know, whatever. And you figure out what that is. You go and you get that thing. And that has nothing to do with who you are or how you were born or how you look or what your physical ability is or any of that. That's just simply the dynamic of, I need to do this, this, and this, and then I can have that. And then I'm, then I'm in the arena to have that. You know, you want to be a pro athlete. You got to be fit. You have to, it's just, it's just part of the game. You know what I mean? And if you're not like, don't even, don't even like, what, what do you expect? You know what I mean? So there are certain things I think like that are coming to light for me with this conversation. It's like, yeah, like we have doubts, but like, are your doubts because you're not willing to do the prerequisite, the thing that you need to do to make that possible for you. You know what I mean? Like, are you not doing that thing that is required? It's a required step because, because what you want is step two or step three or whatever. So you've got a couple steps to do first. So you go, I want this thing. Okay. Well, what do I need to do to get this thing? You have a few steps to take. Maybe that's fine doesn't mean you can't have it. It just means you have some steps to take to get there. And that's, that's fine, man. That's everybody, you know, we don't like, and I think this whole idea too, um, this whole idea that we're born like lucky and it's just like, oh, you're just born and you just got to show up and you just got to have it. I think that's a, that's a very entitled and victimy way to look at life. You know, it's like, yeah, some people, you know, they're born with money or they're born with mentorship and support and encouragement and all this stuff. But like, so what, you know, your story is more interesting that you're not, and you figured out a way to get it. Yeah. It's also not a, it's, it's also not a particularly productive or pragmatic take to, to give on Cause for one, you, you don't necessarily know all yeah. of the things in that person's life. I, I can't remember who said this quote, but I, I remember reading it and, and it's always stuck with me, but it's like, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a very hard battle. Um, you know, that's as good of, that's as good of a piece of wisdom and advice as I think a person could, <laughs> could ever give, you know, and be kind, um, for these reasons. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah you don't, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what people are working working with or working against you don't know i mean mm -hmm. the image that we see is not necessarily what's you know behind behind it all right yeah yeah um okay evan there, yeah no there was there was something that you had said that that really sparked something for me and uh and i'm afraid i'm 
I feel like I'm just like a little bit all over the place today. I'm a little bit floopy today or something for reasons I cannot quite, I can't quite discern. But um, yeah, you know, you were talking about this thing about feedback. That's what it was. You're talking about this thing about feedback. Like, you know, you have these doubts or things, but you don't even have the feedback. And something that I would, that I was thinking was like, yeah. And, and that feedback can be both external and internal. There can be, you know, you can be having external success in something that you're doing. And there can also, you can be getting a feedback internally that something is not quite working. Right. It can, but it can also, of course, be external as well. It can be getting feedback from the outside world. It's like, okay, something that I'm doing here is not, not working. But I know that, um, you know, to a large degree, and I think that this happens for many artists, many, uh, many teachers, you know, anyone who's, who's creatively pursuing anything with, with passion and, and meaning in their lives i think that this internal feedback thing is is something that everyone comes to as part of uh, a sort of evolution and i know even for myself uh since i've been teaching you know that's been a very interesting journey um because very often we are we are standing on the shoulders of giants right we are following in the in the footsteps of uh people who have accomplished really terrific things people who have um even touched us uh, in a profound and, and deep way in our in our lives you know through how they have done something how they have shared something with us um you know, like a, like a truly great mentor does. But I think that, I think that we can get stuck there. And for myself, I can definitely relate to that, you know, like as far as myself as, as an acting teacher, um, I've been deeply, deeply in, inspired by, uh, you know, Larry Silverberg and, that's always going to be a part of me, but I've learned more and more and more as I've gone on. It's like, oh, but sometimes it's been at the detriment of, of, of my own intuitions, of my own gifts, skills, those kinds of things. Um, and having to sort of let go of, sort of certain things, certain lessons, frameworks, um, you know, ways of communication that's just like, okay, I understand that that was how he did it. And that's actually how he was the most effective teacher. But some of those things are not actually how I'm the most effective teacher. Right. And I think that we all come with those things. And I, I think to a certain degree, there's a little bit of a trial uh, again, yeah, that feedback, that trial and error type of thing, you know, and there's this, uh, there's this saying in, in the, in the therapy world, uh, where new students, uh, are said like you, you rely on the techniques until the therapist shows up. And, uh, you know, I've, I've run that past a few, few people, um, 
who are in different therapeutic disciplines and they're like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, ask anybody who's, who's any kind of a therapist who's been in it for over a decade, you know, like just, just try that out, you know? And it's like, oh yeah, for sure. Like so many of them will tell you that their work took on a different quality after some time went on where it was like, okay, letting go of all of these things as they became, came to understand themselves and what they were doing better, understand the, the self that they are in what they're doing and how they can bring those gifts into the context of, of their training. Right. And, uh, it totally changes the game. Just like for myself, I've been, been learning how to be a more effective teacher by allowing my own voice. Um, and that can be a scary thing to do. You know, there, there are doubts that come, come up with that. Like, is that, is that good enough? Is that effective enough? Um, you know, especially since I saw just how good my teacher was, uh, and how important his way of teaching was for me, but it's like, it's, it's, it's not something that I can copy, you know, to, to, to some extent. Sure. There are maybe some things that, that are similar and, and are, um, you know, or maybe are identical and are authentic to, to the both of us. But there are things in which, um, I know that has felt more honest and true and has created a better response through my students when I've allowed myself to communicate in a way that's more, um, that's more true to the person that I am. Yeah. I hear that, man. I mean, I, I think that that, I think that finding our voice in what we do is, is such a, it's such an important part of, you know, the maturity of anything that we do of like great importance in our lives, like anything of really deep meaning. And it, 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 it does take a certain amount of confidence and trust to branch away from what we've learned or what we think is the right way or something like that. Um, you know, I've been working, I've been working through this myself, you know, in, in the sense of like with filmmaking, you know, I've shared a lot on the podcast about like my, my journey with the film industry at this period. And you know, it's it's something that I'm starting to come to light to more and more is like, for me, I love filmmaking and I love storytelling. And that's not really like storytelling for sure is not going anywhere. Like that's, that's like deeply rooted as an important part of my life. So in some form, there's going to be story. I just think that that's an incredibly important element of everything that I do. And filmmaking to me was one of those things where it was kind of like a team building exercise because I learned pretty quickly with filmmaking that I had to get people to help me if I wanted to do it the way I envisioned. It was one of those things I just simply was not allowed to do just on my own, which was really good for me because it made it, it forced me out of my shell a little bit, forced me to ask for help. It forced me to enroll people it forced me to communicate and share and i shouldn't even say force it just pushed me 
it pushed me. And so, um, you know, I think what happened for me though, at a very early stage in my life, I've shared the story a few times. I'll share it again real quickly is one of my friends like died and he never got to really make a film. And that's all he ever wanted to do. And after that happened, I basically took this position that I'm like, well, I don't know if I have tomorrow. So we have to do this today. Like right now, like, like there's no waiting. Like, like there's no, like, let's not just talk about it. Like, let's, let's do it because this, this might be it. Like right now might be it. And, and I really kind of took that position. I took a real hard line on that position because to me, the fact that he died so young and that he never got to do what he really wanted to do. I, I was just like, to me, that was the most brutal, hardest thing for me to accept because I was like, what if I live my life and I never go after what I truly wanted? And that stung me so deep that I started being like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, Hey, do you want to help me? Hey, do you want to do this? Like, I just went out to the world and I said, like, I just started getting people to help me. And, and, and I, I learned on the go. And so like, I got some really cool results out of that. I got some really great things that happened. So that's part of the reason why I think I'm, I'm beginning to recognize, like, that's a big part of my voice. My voice is like, look guys, we don't have, like, I don't know if we have tomorrow. Like, you don't know if we have tomorrow. So let's do it right now. Like right now, like, like, is what you're doing the most important thing in the world or is it not? And if it's not, then let's do the fucking most important thing right now. Cause if we don't like, what if we never get to do it? And like, that's my like cry to humanity. And I'm beginning to realize that it's like, yeah, like I did it through filmmaking, you know, and that's that was an outlet and I love filmmaking and I'll probably continue with that to some degree, but like anything I do it pretty much has the same thing. It's just like, guys, like, do you know, like, is this the most important thing? And what if you don't ever get to do the most important thing? Is that, are you okay with that? Cause I'm not. And like, I want to know what your most important thing is. And then I want to, I want to help you do it. And that's really like, I'm beginning to find that like my voice comes from that place. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that uh, you're alluding to in uh, at least in my mind, uh, which is a word that, you know, was almost another word that, that was going to be a part potentially of, of what we titled this episode, but ultimately wasn't is faith. Um, and I think that any, any big, um, any major sort of human achievement was always had an element of a leap of faith to it. And to me, that's sort of this connection in a way between this whole thing of, of, you know, faith is the opposite, is the other side of doubt. <laughs> Right. Like they're they're and, and it's actually this is funny because I'm just kind of making this connection. And, you know, me, Brandon, I'm I'm very much like I, I very much see the world through that sort of that that. I guess sort of Eastern philosophy of, of duality, these things are sides to the same are sides to the same coin. Right. And faith in many ways is 
it is it's this daring it's like yes we have these doubts as we've established we all have these doubts that we're we're living it doubts that surround all of the things that are you know have the deepest meaning to us whether it's you know whether you are pursuing an artistic career or whether you are wondering whether to get married to this person or not you know there's there's these are big things that are meaningful and important and it's going to evoke the voice of doubt but it's also going to evoke the voice of faith in the face of that that doubt yeah things might not work out yes you know but you know in 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 this life, you know, it's just like you, we just, you fucking take your shot, you know, at, <laughs> at the things and at the things that matter to you in your life. Like you just, you fucking, you take your shot. Like that's, that that's all you can do. You, and, and to let doubts prevent you from, from taking that shot on the things that are actually important to you. You know, that's, that's really the ultimate human tragedy, right? Like, I can't think of anything more tragic than that for, for, for a human being to never take a shot at the things that they're actually passionate about, the things that they actually care about. And if you're going to take that shot, you got to have some faith. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta like, you know, if you think there's a, there's a chance you can make it, then why not? You know, why not go for it? And yeah, I mean, like, it's almost worse to go through life and never take your shot. You know, it's it's better mm-hmm. to take your shot and like miss and then be like, well, I, yeah, I tried. <laughs> I gave it a shot. I tried, I you know. Um, and the thing is, is like, you know, you might find too that there's more than one shot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's like, yeah, like, you know what? Sometimes maybe you miss, but like, Hey, like that doesn't mean that's it. That doesn't mean the game is over, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a, there's this whole other, there's this whole other part. And like, you know, as we're kind of, you know, I know we're wrapping this thing up, but as we're talking about like owning your doubts, I guess, something that's kind of coming to light for me is just own the fact that you're, that you're scared, you know, that it might not work, you know, and that also that that just makes you a human being. Like it's not uncommon. It's not like some rare, you're not weird for having those feelings. And in fact, I would say that, it's good that you're having those feelings because it means you're on to something probably important and meaningful for you. And I think that use it as a sign of like, I must be onto something because if I'm having these doubts, I must be onto something that actually matters. And I think that you'll probably find that anything that really truly matters, you'll find it's the same thing. The doubt comes up and it appears. And like, when you get over the doubt, it's like it never existed, you know, because then you just, you just get past it and it's done, but then new doubts appear. 
you know, there's these new ones that show up and then they're just as real as the last ones, but they're different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, so I think the, the, the kind of thing that I'm kind of coming to at this point is going like, okay, if I'm feeling doubt, instead of looking like, oh my God, like, I don't know if this is going to work out. I think what I'm going to try to do instead is look at it like, this is a good thing. I must be onto something. I must be onto something that actually is important and meaningful and matters. And, uh, you know, and like, maybe I'm not ready to take my shot today, metaphorically. Maybe I am taking my shot and I'm not giving myself enough credit, but like, hey, you know what? I'm on to something. I'm on to something. This is a good thing. This this feeling that's coming up, this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing. This is telling me that I'm that I'm on to something good here. And so I, I think what I'm gonna do is moving forward is reframe it in my mind that way. And um and and go, okay, well, what what's what's coming up? You know, and and that's fine, you know, whatever's coming up. Let, let me try and deal with it, you know, because what's the alternative? I run away from this. I go to things that are safe. I go to things that are not meaningful. Um, you know, I'm going to own the fact that if something feels like this, or I'm having these doubts, or I'm having these fears, that it means that I'm on track to something that is actually important and powerful in my life. And I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I tapped into something. And I think, I think that's to me, that's where the owning it comes in is just going, yeah, like this obviously matters to me. This is obviously meaningful. This is obviously important. I'm going to own that because if it wasn't, I probably wouldn't care. I wouldn't feel these doubts. I wouldn't feel these fears. These things wouldn't happen. So I'm going to own the fact that for some reason, this is important to me. It matters. There's meaning here. And that's why the doubt's coming up. And that's all that's that that's really all I've gotten to here. I think we talked about some strategies on how to deal with it and whatever. And I think those are valuable, but I do think that we need to look at owning our doubts as like, I'm on to something. Mm. It's a sign of good. It's not a sign of a bad thing. It's a sign of a good thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a beautiful reframing of that whole thing. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's, talk about beer and uh and and wrap wrap this bad boy up yeah let's do it um all right i'll go i'll go first. okay i'm having <laughs> you know what evan i think this is my favorite kind of beer a belgian triple i i i've had oh. too many that are that are good so good in fact that i think my favorite kind of beer is a belgian triple because i've had too many that have been amazing and this one is included in the amazing um this this one is from Container Brewing, and it's called Tapestry, Belgian Triple. Um, you know it's got some power to it, right, with the 7.5% alcohol. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's tasty. It's it's you don't even notice it. Um, just really a solid solid beer. So um, that's what I've been enjoying today. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud to share it because it's so nice. good. Nice. I, I haven't had enough a, good things about it. Yeah. I haven't had a Belgian triple in such a long time, but they are, you know, when they're great, they are phenomenal. Yeah. And seven and a half percent is like, that's like on the lighter side of a triple. I feel. <laughs> I <think so>. yeah. 
Because, you know, I've had ones that are like, you know, eight and a half, nine, yeah. nine percent. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely now you've got me thinking about it and I'll be keeping an eye out the next time. Uh, <laughs> next time I'm in the in the liquor store uh, myself, I'm drinking a fairly strong one today as well. I'm drinking uh, the Cosmic Soup. Cosmic Soup from Parallel 49. And this is a juicy IPA um, nice. at 6.4%. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's delicious. Yeah, it is. It's It lives up to the title of a juicy IPA because it's hoppy, but it, it is juicy. Like it's, you know, it kind of, it doesn't have that kind of very dry, um, just sort of like hop, like punch to it. It's like, it kind of like, ooh, gets like the, you know, gets like the saliva going in your mouth and, and all those things. So it's, it's, it is, it's juicy. <laughs> so, um, I definitely drink this one again. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's good. Yeah. This is the first time I've had this brew as well. So, um, all right, well, I'm going to wrap up first and then I'll leave it with you, Evan. All right. So, yeah. So I'm going to carry on with my point. I think when doubts come up, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it and own it in the sense that it's important to me. That's, that's going to be the owning part of it. That's that's what I've come to through this talk that we've had. That it there's an important reframe that needs to occur. That I'm tapping into something that's meaningful and important to me. And I maybe maybe the doubt is helping me notice that. And so maybe I want to look at that. Like, well, why why do I care? Why is this meaningful? Why is this important? You know. And I think those might help me find motivations that will help me to overcome the doubt and the fear that might be presenting itself. I find that, you know, there, there, there's always an away from motivation and a towards motivation and a pain motivation and away from motivation is a very, very powerful force that can cause us to do or not do a lot of things. But I do find that the, that the number one thing that I have found that helps me overcome pain is meaning. And if I can find enough meaning in something that there is no real amount of pain that can stop me. So in my working this out through this conversation, what I've come to is that first I need to own when doubt comes up, something meaningful is happening to me. So instead of focusing on the fear of the doubt or the pain of the potential doubt or whatever that might be, I'm going to focus on the meaning that it's suggesting. And I'm going to try to enhance that meaning greater to the doubt that I'm experiencing. So that it'll give me the motivation to overcome the fear or the potential pain or whatever. The And I'll just reiterate with this whole story of my friend. When my friend passed away and he had never made a film and that was his one dream to do, the pain of potentially never really going after a film career or making films and dying was more painful than than the fear of not knowing enough, not being prepared, not having enough schooling, all of that stuff. And so there was another part of it too, which I felt like a responsibility. There was a meaning and there is a meaning and I still carry it to this day. That is my responsibility to make films for him because he couldn't do it. And, and he, in, in, and, and, you know, 
For me, he died so that he could pass on a lesson to me that will make him live on forever. And so it's my responsibility. And I don't think it's just about making films. I think it's about what he taught me was that you could die at any moment before you ever do what you ever dreamed of doing or ever wanted to do or was ever important to you. So do it today. Do it now. Do it as soon as you possibly can. Because whatever you're talking about with tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, all this stuff, you don't know if that's going to happen. So you might as well go for it now. And 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 I'm going to remind myself of that when I feel these moments of doubt that that he that it hurts me to think of him dying in vain that he should that he his life would not mean something and in my life he it means something you know and and i think in a weird way honoring him is is the greatest way in which i can honor my own life and it's 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 strange, man. I don't I don't even know how to put it in any other form. But I think what owning the doubts are are going like, look, like I'm bigger than these fears. I'm bigger than this, and I just need to tap into how that's true. And if I'm having doubts right now, maybe I don't feel as big as my doubts. My job now is to get bigger than those doubts. That's what that's what I'm being called to do. That's what the universe, God. That's what that's what I'm being asked of, and I need to have faith that. If these doubts come up, I am bigger than them and I can become bigger than them and I will. And one day I will tell you how I did it. Well, you leave a, uh, you leave a tough, <laughs> you leave a tough. I didn't mean to leave you hanging. I'm sure you no, 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 it's, it's all right. It's all right. I got, I got something. I got something. I think. Don't do this to me. We'll <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, you know, I really love what you said in, in terms of, yeah, that reframing of of doubt as as an understanding of you're dealing with something that is very deeply meaningful, which is a great, that's a great thing. That's that's what we want in our lives is things that are deeply meaningful. Um, so that's a really great thing. One thing that, that popped into my mind was like, you know, was just this phrase of like, what shot am I going to take today? Just as like, almost like a daily practice, like just a shot, you know, there's something that I love about that in terms of, you know, if, yeah, I if love you're, that. if you're a yeah. sports person, you know, it's like, you, you understand that like the greats in any, in any sort of sport, you know, they take so many shots, not all of them score. In fact, most of them don't, but they take those shots and you know, how can we do that in, in our lo- own lives? How can we borrow from you know that kind of wisdom that exists and, and say like, okay, well, like, what's a shot that I can take today? Okay, that one didn't go, whatever, doesn't matter. You took a shot. You know, you t- take your shots as often as you, as you possibly can. Take the, take the shots that, that present themselves to you. And with that, I suppose I... You know, it's it's fascinating. Like I, I always find just with whenever we have these conversations and I suddenly think about, you know, teaching and what I teach specifically and 
how much it just relates to so many things about life. I'm always just so, so blown away by it. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I, I, there's, I, I need to practice more of like some of the, the wisdom in which, you know, I'm there and, and, uh, and we're always in the most appropriate way to place to respond when we are just putting our attention onto the thing over there off of ourselves that gives us the best possibility to to take those shots we 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 know when how only through that presence um and just something that you were saying there in your wrap-up as well brandon is is i think that for all of us you know like working through our doubts and being honest about our doubts with ourselves and with others, I think is, is imperative because I think that we all are teachers, you know, not all of us have the actual vocation of, of teacher, but we are, we're all teachers to everyone in our day-to-day life. Um, and we don't often think of ourselves as that, but we are. And as we become more honest and more whole, I think, in through that honesty of our doubts um, and facing them and, um, and working through them, we have so much that we can then share and impart for all of the other millions and billions of people out there in the world who are going through the same things. So own your doubts. It's okay to have doubts. Let your voice, let your gifts, let your passion be the faith that lets you move through them. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.